hey, even when the Devils lose, they still win. What do I mean by that? Well, there is a lot of positive aspects to learn from this game, so we have a lot to discuss in this episode. Buckle up. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, College Hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. Before we talk about the game itself, I want to go over a couple of pregame notes for a tad moment. So yesterday's episode was actually my 400th episode. Uh, I want to thank you guys so much for sticking by me through thick and thin, thin and thinner, uh, just listening to my opinions, listening to my analysis, listening to when I have a big-name guest star on. Wasn't able to get a guest star for my 400th episode. That's why I didn't really make it a big deal, but I really want to thank you guys because I, I would have never thought that uh, when I first got to the Locked On Podcast Network that I would be reaching this kind of milestone. So 400 episodes, that is amazing. Okay, now let's talk about the New Jersey Devils. And once again, thanks and bless to all you guys who listen to my show. Greatly appreciate it. Now uh, for the Devils, Nico Heizer was uh, still a scratch for this game. I felt as though had he been in the lineup, he could have provided some extra offense for us because, you know, we got a lot of great shots off. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get much past Comrie, but that's a discussion for a little later in this episode. And also, it was Travis Zajac night as the New Jersey Devils honored the career of one of their longtime players, Travis Zajac. As you guys remember, we traded him uh, at the trade deadline last year to the New York Islanders. And we gave him one final run to possibly get that Stanley Cup. Unfortunately, the Islanders weren't able to do so. And he decided to retire during the course of the offseason. So it's great to see Zajac back in a Devil's uniform because he is a Devil at heart. And it was just one of those things where it was only right to just honor him one final time in front of a huge crowd. Because uh, the Prudential Center has lifted uh, their like uh, COVID procedures. So like you don't have to show up to the arena and, and have proof of a COVID vaccination. You don't have to wear a mask, whatever the case might be so it's it's nice to have a big crowd on hand just to do that kind of pregame ceremony so once again Travis Ajak honored before the game unfortunately the Winnipeg Jets kind of spoiled it but I don't think uh, Travis Ajak would mind too much because he is originally from Winnipeg so I guess it's uh, just pick your poison that kind of thing so you know his hometown team beat the team that he's played his entire career for so I don't think he's mad either or but anyway it was a great pregame ceremony so once again thank you to Travis Ajak one of the best to uh, suit up for the New Jersey Devils. No, I don't believe he'll get his number retired. I've already done an episode on that months ago, but uh, at the same time, he is still uh, you know, a, a consummate professional, and he represents what the Devils uh, organization is all about, which is even though you're not the best player, you still put your heart, your sweat, your blood, and tears into the organization, and you give the very best that you could possibly give. And like I said, Travis Ajak might not be appreciated to the casual fan, but we here in New Jersey know what he uh, brought to the organization, which is why I was so sad to see him go. Great leader as well. Longtime captain for the Devils organization. But at the same time, it was the writing on the wall was that Travis Ajak, he was either going to sign somewhere else or he was going to retire. So it was nice that we tried to give him one final uh, Stanley Cup run. But 
at the end of the day, I'm sure there's no hard feelings because Travis Zajac did uh, throw some shade at the Devils organization in a press conference with the New York Islanders saying, like, if you weren't 25, you kind of didn't fit in with the club. And uh, I did an episode on that over the summer. But overall, Travis Zajac still beloved by the Devils faithful. Now, let's talk about this game for the New Jersey Devils because my overall reaction for the game was that it's not one of those games where you can really complain too much about the New Jersey Devils. So there were a lot of positive aspects to learn from this game. So I think the very first thing that uh, I take away from this game is that Jack Hughes and Jesper Brat. I know I talk about them on this show quite frequently. I don't think I could go two episodes without not mentioning one of those two players, but they have been a dynamic duo all season. They have been elite, and I think they deserve more attention in the NHL, especially Jesper Brat. I know I sound like a broken record when I say this, but just look at the teamwork between Jesper Brat and Jack Hughes. You can always guarantee, you can put money down saying that I don't think the New Jersey Devils are going to get shut out because I can just put all the money on the world that I think either Jack Hughes or Jesper Brat is going to generate a goal for the New Jersey Devils. And who's going to get the assist, whether it's the primary or the secondary assist, I believe it's either going to be Jack Hughes or Jesper Brat. So if Jesper Brat scores, you can basically chalk up an assist for Jack Hughes or vice versa. So overall, just great teamwork for from Brat and Hughes. And Hughes on that excellent one-time goal. Like, you know, I don't expect that kind of a shot from Jack Hughes. I expect him to just be a wizard with the puck, go deep into the zone, and basically just try to create for himself or create for others. But that was that was beautiful by Brat and Hughes. I was mesmerized by it. And speaking of Jack Hughes, let's just talk about some of the uh, opportunities he had this game because he had a lot of great plays in this game, especially in the second period because uh, in one instance, like he is skating fast and he stops in his tracks trying to fool the defenseman for the Winnipeg Jets, and he fools both of them, and he tries to get a shot off. Unfortunately, Comrie was able to stop him, and that was basically the story the entirety of this game because remember a couple episodes ago, I talked about Kemper just being on one for the Colorado Avalanche to start the game. Well, Comrie was like that for the entirety of the game. He is definitely uh, the X factor. He was the reason why the Winnipeg Jets didn't like lose this game like three to one or something like that because I really felt as though, you know, had it not been for a couple defensive lapses for the New Jersey Devils that resulted in a two-on-one and a partial breakaway, I really believe the New Jersey Devils would have held the Winnipeg Jets to either one goal or just shut them out completely and the Devils would have scored three goals and, and you know, having Nico Heizer in the lineup could have uh, helped us. It could have paid dividends. I know that's a no-duh kind of thing, but overall, you know, you, you can't deny the fact that Nico Heizer has also been hot as of late, so not having him in the lineup not having our captain there certainly uh you know puts a damper into our offensive strategy but the devils are learning to make do without nico heizer for right now i know this is only his second game that he's missed but you know it seems like the devil's offense doesn't really uh skip a beat because in our last game it was sort of like the same story like we had more shots on goal than the winnipeg jets uh throughout the entirety of the game with the exception of period number three so the devils uh outshot the winnipeg jets 34 to 30 and like I said going back to Jack Hughes he had a couple opportunities to score and he had a couple opportunities to create for others but Comrie was just able to stop him and on another instance in the second period Jack Hughes took on like five Winnipeg Jets it was like David and Goliath he was like slicing and dicing and he was about to win the battle but who stopped him Comrie who was the best defenseman despite him being a goalie for the Winnipeg Jets and obviously Comrie was the first star of the game because like I said, the Devils had so many great A chances. Unfortunately, they weren't able to get anything in the back of the net on Comrie with the exception of that Jack Hughes goal in period number one that tied up the game. But 
overall, it's just one of those games that you really can't complain about the New Jersey Devils because despite the score being so low, that doesn't tell the story. You just see the overall impact that Jack Hughes had despite him not scoring, despite him not having an assist. You cannot deny the fact anybody who watched that game saw Jack Hughes be a wizard with the puck. And it just leads into the question, like like I said, I, I say this every episode in which Jack Hughes has a good game. What could have happened had Jack Hughes not gotten hurt? Because he has generated so many points in so little opportunities, if that makes sense. What, what I mean by that is just like, look at the amount of games he has played in and look at the amount of points he is you know, generating as a result. Jack Hughes has just been on one this year. Same with Jesper Brat. We cannot deny the fact that we have something special in New Jersey. And look, I get it. We lost. We're second to last in the Metropolitan Division. But here's the thing, guys. We still have a chance to move up just a little bit and make our overall season better than, you know, what it was in January or uh, most of February because, you know, we're just uh, a few points behind the Islanders. The Blue Jackets are on a four-game losing streak. So we could potentially move up a couple spots and just make this season not a total bust because because I, I, I just tell you guys, the New Jersey Devils are just one of the unluckiest franchises in the NHL right now because we got players hurt at the wrong possible time. We got both of our goalies hurt. Uh, you know, Jack Hughes, Jesper Brat, both of them had to go on to COVID protocol. So uh, Jesper Brat was on it for an extended period of time. So that, that kind of definitely put a damper onto our offensive strategy. But overall, guys, you know, I, I think the Devils, we're not sellers this year. We're not like, a you know, one of those bad bottom tier teams. We're just a team that just got uh, unlucky this year. And unfortunately, we're just going to have to reset come next year. So you should expect big things from this organization. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do at the trade deadline because the more and more they play like this, the more compelling they are. So this is another positive aspect I want you guys to look at, which is despite the New Jersey Devils losing, despite it being a low scoring affair, anybody who saw the game, that's not the story of how the offensive strategy was at the hands of the New Jersey Devils. Like I said, there, there's a reason why Comrade was the number one star of this game because he was absolutely just able to stymie the offensive attack from the New Jersey Devils. He took his secret stuff water bottle with him before the game. That's just what happened. So, you know, there's nothing to hold your head down about if you're the New Jersey Devils. You just got to move on to your next game and just try again. So uh, the a, a couple of positive aspects I want you guys to look at is that Jack Hughes and Jesper Brock, we got something special with those two players. And then, you know, this overall game should just, you know, just indicate to you guys that the Devils were not just a doormat anymore. Anymore. It's not like last year where we're going to be a huge disappointment come the end of the season. I know we're winding down right now. The season is is drawing closer to an end, which every game we play. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, we have something special brewing here in New Jersey. And I think we're going to legitimately, we're going to legitimately 100%, just, uh, barring anything catastrophic happening, we're going to be a dark horse next year. Because just look at the overall impact that we've, that we've got right now. And Dougie Hamilton returning to the lineup for the New Jersey Devils pays huge dividends because he puts us in better situations to win. So I don't think the New Jersey Devils, like I've been saying the past few weeks, do not be sellers at the deadline. Don't be a doormat. Don't be a doorknob. Don't be like, you know, this uh, th th this kid that gets picked on all the time. Don't be like that anymore. Now we have the assets to compete for next year, not for, to go deep in the playoffs, not trying to get ahead of myself, but we have something special right now. And I know this game is a loss. I know people are just going to say the New Jersey Devils suck. We have no strategy. We have no firepower, yada, yada, yada. But anyone who saw this game, anybody who's seen the highlights, you've seen what New Jersey is capable of doing. You've seen what Jack Hughes is capable of doing. This kid is special. 
And I need you guys to understand this because we cannot take this guy for granted. So I was a little surprised that we signed him to an eight-year extension when it was first announced. I was genuinely surprised. I was like, maybe we should, you know, just take our time. No, 19 points in his last 12 games. Jack Hughes is just on fire right now. Every time he has the puck, every time he has the puck, he just does something big. And, you know, he has potential to be in the running for the Hart Memorial Trophy uh, sometime in the future. If not next year, then the year after. In the running. I didn't say he'll win it. So please do not get my words twisted. And also, it's worth mentioning, that's his 18th goal in 38 games played. So, uh, barring anything catastrophic, like I said, I anticipate for Jack Hughes to possibly eclipse 100 points for the Devils organization come next year. And he'll be the first Devil in history to do so. So, Barring anything catastrophic happening, and I'm going to stand by this until Puck Drops uh, starts the new season next year, Jack Hughes will get 100 points uh, if he doesn't get injured, if something like COVID doesn't happen ever again, and uh, you know if, if he's able to improve like he is this season because he has gotten better each year, and this is just his third year in the league. So uh, he is taking the Devils to new heights right now, and you can fully bet on that. And speaking of bet... I was just in Vegas and it is the mecca of betting. So I'm going to hook you guys up with betonline.net. So it's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use mobile devices to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Visit our friends at Lockdown Bets for all your betting needs there as well. And please remember to gamble responsibly. Okay, so let's talk more about a positive aspect for the New Jersey Devils because there weren't really too many negative aspects to take away from it. It wasn't one of those losses where it just makes you want to rip your hair out and it just like raises your blood pressure. It was just one of those games where the Devils were just very unlucky. Like I said, Comrie was just, uh, you know, a man on fire and nothing was getting past him that game. It was frustrating to see, but at the same time, you just saw that the New Jersey Devils just didn't give up. It was kind of like what their game against the Colorado Avalanche was like. Because if you guys recall, the Devils, they didn't just like... They, they didn't just blind luck into a good situation. They just kept on attacking. They kept on trying to score on Kemper. And sooner rather than later, it, it was able to translate into goals. Their second period became their period. So that, that was the, what they were trying to replicate in this game. Unfortunately, you know, the, the, this goalie was just able to make stops. And uh, you got to tip your hat to Comrie. But I want to talk about our goalie, Nico Dawes. Because Nico Dawes, he's starting to gain more of my respect. Because... What I've been saying about Nico Dawes the past few episodes and the past few weeks in general is that he is definitely not a permanent situation for the New Jersey Devils. He is a for now situation just because, you know, we're missing Mackenzie Blackwell, we're missing Jonathan Bernier. But for right now, despite him not being elite, despite him just not being the best goalie in the league, for right now, he's actually doing pretty decent for the New Jersey Devils because after this game, his record is now 5-4. and four. He has a goals against average of 2.68 and a save percentage of 9.08. So, you know, that's actually pretty decent for someone we didn't really have high expectations for. I just wish we could give him more help. So, 
you know, he's legitimately turning into maybe he could be an option in the future for the New Jersey Devils. And if you recall, he was one of the goalie tandems along with Akira Schmidt for the Utica Comets that were leading the Comets to that overall great record to start the season because didn't the Utica Comets begin the year undefeated at some point? So if we're looking at Mackenzie Blackwood, his overall record this year was 9-9-3. and He had a goals against average of 3.29 and a save percentage of 894. And then when we're going to go on the other side of the spectrum, let's look at Jonathan Bernier, shall we? Because, you know, I get it. Jonathan Bernier had, did not play in that many games. But, you know, Jonathan Bernier's record was 4-4-1. Four, four, and one. He had a goals against average of 3.06 and a save percentage of 902. So when looking at Nico Dawes, right now he's actually having a better season than both Blackwood and and Bernier right now. So look, I get it. He's young. He's going to make some mistakes, but this is one of those games that you can't really put the loss on Nico Dawes because there were just a couple defensive lapses for the Devils and that resulted in a two-on-one odd man rush in favor of the Jets. And then it resulted in in a partial breakaway at the hands of Connor. So when looking at those two respective plays, you saw that Dylan was able to get the first goal of the game for the Winnipeg Jets about three minutes into the game and uh you know Dano said it best on the broadcast there was just nothing that Dawes could do because it was a two-on-one odd man rush it was a difficult stop to make and Dawes just couldn't make the stop in that instance and then when you look at uh, at Connor his goal was very confusing because at first I thought Dawes had knocked it away or maybe it got stuck somewhere but Connor was able to go bar down on Dawes and he found the back of the net and I don't think anybody knew where that uh puck went because they were even saying it on the broadcast where, where did the puck go and I'm just watching saying, hey, did Dodge knock that away or is it just stuck somewhere? It kind of reminded me of Patrick Kane's uh, game-winning goal that resulted in the Chicago Blackhawks uh, winning the Stanley Cup against the Philadelphia Flyers because Doc Emmerich didn't know where the puck went. It just got lost somewhere and uh, unfortunately found the back of the net on the instant replay. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know how it got lost. I don't know, like, uh, why there was no attention given to it, but ultimately uh, Connor was able to score and make it a 2-1 game, and that was the game-winning goal, and like I said, that was a partial breakaway. Nothing really Dawes could do in that instance, so I think it's time to, to you know really consider that maybe Dawes can be a part of this organization in the future, not in a starting role, not in a backup role, but maybe as a you know third option for the Devils moving forward because right now he is earning his stripes right now he is earning the starting role for the Devils and I'm really liking what I'm seeing from so far I think when he first got to the NHL there was a lot of jitters you know he and Akira Schmidt the one issue that I had with both of those goalies was that they didn't know how to uh you know control rebound because every time that they had the puck they just you know made a boneheaded mistake and they let the puck just you know scoop by them and then someone was able to crash in on the net and you know find the back of the net and score so that was one of the issues that I had with both Schmidt and Dawes was that both of them did not have good rebound control but as Dawes has gotten more reps as he's faced more shots on goal you know he's been able to you know be a legitimate option for the New Jersey Devils he's nothing special he's nothing spectacular I'm not saying he's better than Blackwood I'm not saying he's better than Bernier but for right now just given the amount of games he's played in because he has played in enough games and he's seen enough reps for me to assess that so far compared to Blackwood and Bernier this year alone 
Dawes is having the better year, but I do need to take into consideration that Blackwood and Bernier were hurt for a good chunk of the year because, you know, uh, Bernier's dealing with his hip injury. Blackwood's dealing with his heel injury. So I do need to be fair in that regards. But so far, based on games played by all three of those goalies, you know, Dawes is hands down. So far, there's still plenty of season to be played. There's still plenty of games to go. And, you know, maybe Dawes could have a collapse towards the end of the season. But so far, Dawes is proving that he is the best goalie or he was the best option compared to Blackwood and Bernier. But then again, like I said, Bernier and Blackwood were playing hurt for a good chunk of the year. So, uh, you know, I was one of those Dawes haters. I was one of those Dawes doubters. But so far, numbers don't lie. So far, you know, this recent stretch of games for the Devils and what they've been able to do. Yes, Dawes still has his issues. Yes, he still makes mistakes. Do I, you know, rely on him to consistently win for the New Jersey Devils? No, I'm not at that point yet. But so far in this recent stretch of games and based on how his numbers are so far and where they could potentially end up towards the end of the year, Dawes has actually been a very solid option for the Devils. Not jumping to any conclusions. Going to crawl before I walk. And I I still acknowledge the fact that he is a for now situation. He is not going to be a permanent situation moving forward. You know, some people are saying that maybe Dawes could be the backup next year for the Devils. I wouldn't go that far. I think he'll be like third string and maybe play most of his reps uh, for Utica if Blackwood and Bernier are fully healthy next year. I I fully anticipate that's going to be the tandem for the Devils unless they're able to find maybe a solid backup come the trade deadline. Then, you know, a lot can happen. But so far for right now, if uh, we're unable to find a solid backup option for Dawes at the trade deadline, and if we're able to get Blackwood and Bernier fully healthy come next year, I think that's what the tandem is going to be because, you know, they have the best track history. I rely on them more than I rely on Dawes just because, you know, Dawes is still relatively young, still has a lot of work to do. He still lets a lot of goals go past him that he shouldn't uh, let go past him. But still, numbers do not lie. And men lie, women lie, but numbers do not lie. So I'm going to, you know, you know, give Dawes the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to be fair, but still just based on where he's at in his career, still a lot of work to be done. But he is proving his way that maybe he does belong on an NHL roster come next year for the Devils as a third string option. So like I said, there were a lot of positive aspects to learn from the New Jersey Devils this time around. Despite them losing 2-1, to one, there's really not much you can like just say, oh, the Devils did this wrong, they did that wrong. You know, a 2-on-1 uh, defensive lapse and then a partial breakaway. I don't think anyone's going to like lose any sleep over that. So it was overall a pretty good effort from the Devils. They were able to kill off a couple penalties from the uh, Winnipeg Jets, and they were able to get a power play goal thanks to Jack Hughes. But just great teamwork from Jesper Brat and Jack cues overall uh, the Devils are starting to just make a name for themselves in terms of having a couple of great players Dougie Hamilton being inserted back into the lineup has paid dividends for us really wish Nico Heizer was with us for the past couple games because he can definitely generate a lot more offense maybe we could have uh, tied this game and uh, sent it to OT but it was a low scoring affair and it, it was just first team to two just won the game and that's what happens and also Nico Dawes is starting to legitimately become a solid option for the Devils at goalie so um, you know like I said I think there's a lot of positive aspects to learn from this game from the Devils, and I'm excited to see what they do in their next game against the Anaheim Ducks. So when looking at the Metropolitan Division, Devils are second from last, but uh, that doesn't tell the story of how their season has gone so far. The casual fan don't won't really understand what they've been able to do throughout the entirety of the year, what they've been able to do uh, post-All-Star break, and also what happens when we're fully healthy. So biggest one-up of the season, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to do an episode regarding like what 
what could have happened had Dougie Hamilton not gotten hurt early in January? What could have happened had Jack Hughes not gotten hurt the second game of the year? What could have happened had Jesper Brat not gone went onto the COVID protocol list for an extended period of time? What could have happened if Bernier and Blackwood didn't get hurt? Just so many what-if scenarios for the Devils that I, I feel like this is going to be a Disney Plus uh, uh, show sooner or later. What if the New Jersey Devils were fully healthy? Hey, there's a Disney Plus idea for you. So if any executives at Disney, if you're listening to this, please make that an episode and I'll give you my cash app. But overall, let's uh, compare the overall final stats between the Jets and the Devils and I'll give you guys my final letter grade for New Jersey. So shots on goal differential, 34 to 30 in favor of the Devils. They had a lot of grade A opportunities. Saw Sharon Govich have an opportunity. Saw Zaka have an opportunity. Saw Brat have an opportunity. Saw Hughes have a couple opportunities. Saw Graves have an opportunity. So you know, they had their chances. Unfortunately, like I said, there's a reason why Comrie was the number one star of the game. Faceoff percentage, 62% in favor of the Jets, and the Devils had 38% compared to that. Power plays, Jets were 0 for 2 in their power plays. Devils were 1 for 3. So once again, special teams uh, just getting better over time for the Devils. Uh, hits 17 to 10 in favor of the Jets. Blocks 13 to 9 in favor of the Jets. And giveaways, Devils led that apartment 11 to 6. So when uh, giving a letter grade for this overall performance from the Devils, I'm actually going to give them a B, a solid B, because like I said, they put up a great effort. And they did have a couple defensive lapses, but it's nothing that you're going to lose uh, sleep over. And uh, they had a lot of great chances, unfortunately. Just just like I said, Comrie was just a great wall of China out there. Nothing was getting past them. And they sort of played similar as to how they played against the Colorado Avalanche, which is just pounce on opportunities. And I'm sure there was a couple um, times this game where Jack Hughes just had your uh, jaw to the floor just based on what he was able to do with the puck. So not a bad game for the New Jersey Devils. Unfortunately, they just got really unlucky. So let me know what you guys think. How would you rate this game for the Devils? What do you think of Jack Hughes? Do you think the Devils have something special brewing or is this just one of those trends because uh, one of my colleagues, Robin from Locked on Coyotes, Coyotes are on a four game win streak and she said maybe March Madness has just turned over into uh, the sport of hockey because like I said, Coyotes on a four game win streak and they're undefeated in the month of March. So maybe Maybe just it's just a March Madness type of thing, and it's just translated from college basketball over into the NHL. So let me know what you guys think. Is this going to be a perfect trajectory for the Devils? Is this what uh, they're previewing for next season, or is this just going to be a trend for them? Curious to hear your guys' thoughts. So as for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So thanks for listening. Continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils, and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.